that we know. Um, the defense is good. Also, the the number one unit you have to clean up, everybody agrees with, offensive line. They have a good left tackle. <laughs> well, I think everybody agrees on the biggest thing that needs to be fixed. I don't think everybody would agree it's offensive line. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell you that offensive line was good. <laughs> but I I would I would I would guess that if I talk to 10 people and ask them to identify Denver's biggest problem going forward, eight of them are going to respond with something that is not offensive line. <laughs> Shout out for the for the for the sleight of hand here though. <laughs> We all agree, right? The biggest problem? We all agree the biggest problem? Yeah. Everybody knows exactly what it is. Offensive line. Huh? My name is Danny O'Neill, alumnus of the Seattle Post Intelligence or the Seattle Times, 710 AM, and I'd like to welcome you to the off-season rehabilitation of Russell Wilson. It is officially underway now that Fox Sports apologist, I mean analyst, Colin Cowherd has explained exactly why Sean Payton is Russ's top choice to be the Broncos head coach and what that would mean. Let's get this started. It's today's episode of the Dang Apostrophe. I know when you ask me about these injuries and, and, and I give you my thoughts, if you really want to figure it out, I think Danny O'Neill has the best uh, translations for me. <laughs> One of my favorite times, it's rumor mill time. Colin Coward plus Russell Wilson equals spin zone hilarity. Colin on the herd Thursday had an update regarding the Broncos search for a head coach and specifically Sean Payton, who I guess is Colin's colleague at Fox and has interviewed with the Broncos by all accounts or by multiple media accounts. Uh, Here's Colin with the update. All right. Now the second story. Speaking of stars, uh, a report by a Denver reporter that Mike Kliss, Sean Payton, was impressed with the Broncos during his interview Monday. I can confirm that. I went to dinner with Sean. He was. And the Broncos, he is their number one candidate. So let's talk. <laughs> Boop. Just drop that little name in there. Good for, good for calling. I like the flex. And Sean Payton's interviewed there. I think this is going to be an interesting sort of reflection on how Sean Payton sees the different jobs that are available. And it's more than the quarterbacks, but there is a little bit with the quarterbacks. You've got Kyler Murray in Arizona. You've got Denver with Russell Wilson. You have Carolina with sort of a blank slate and Actually, a team that looks pretty good if you can find a quarterback. And I think it'll be interesting to see exactly which job, if if Sean Payton decides he wants to come back, which of those jobs is most attractive. And the idea that Denver could end up being it, I can see that. I think it would be a good sign for Russell Wilson if Sean Payton looks at it and says, hey, that's a situation I can that I can I can succeed because Russ is older than Kyler Murray. Kyler's coming off a more significant injury, but with Russ and the amount of money that's tied up in him and, and the fact that if it doesn't work out with Russ because of the lack of draft picks over these past two years, you're going to be hamstrung. That 
If I'm a Broncos fan, I'm really encouraged to hear this. If I'm a Russell Wilson fan, I'm really encouraged to hear this. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. There's a lot of things that we know make Denver a good job. First of all, the defense is good. I agree with that. So he didn't have to clean up both sides of the ball. They got a lot of talent on defense. A lot of talent. Some of it young, they're not even paying yet. So they've drafted well. We know that to be true. That's good. We also know that the Bradley Chubb trade got them a first-round pick back, which they may. I don't know if the Chubb trade's good for a head coach. Chubb's a pretty good pass rusher. Chubb, to me, the fact that they dealt him kind of represented, they're like, oh, this quarterback didn't get, get us where we wanted. I mean, you get a first-round pick, which is good and attractive. It's better than not having a first-round pick. Gosh, you're a pretty good player. You were hoping to be like, oh, it was a late first-round pick. We traded for Russell Wilson. He got us to the playoffs and a contention. We're ready to go. And it hasn't quite worked out that way. So you had to get a first-round pick back by trading your your top pass rusher. may have to give up to the Saints to get Sean Payton, but in the building in Denver, that's viewed as a steal. They get a first-round pick for Chubb, who is no longer productive. So He kind of glossed over that. Or maybe I skipped over it. Did he just say that, well, at least they got a first-round pick for Chubb, which then they might have to give up for Peyton? Round pick back, which they may have to give up to the Saints to get Sean Peyton, but in the building in Denver, that's viewed as a steal. They got a first-round pick for Chubb, who is no longer productive. So that part's not true. Is a head coach worth a first-round pick? Yeah, I think it is. I think so. Impact a head coach makes... Sean Payton, really good head coach. He's really good. He's had some up and downs. Like, there have been times where he's had bad years without his quarterback getting hurt, but he's a good coach. Is he worth a first-round pick? Yeah. Is it going to make you kick yourself if you're like, we traded our best pass rusher to get a pick that we ended up using to get a coach to replace the guy we fired after one year? Yeah, that's going to sting. I don't know if that overall... Like that line of, and Bradley Chubb no longer being effective, that's not true. That's just not true. That we know. Um, the defense is good. Also, the the number one unit you have to clean up, everybody agrees with, offensive line. They have a good left tackle. <laughs> well, I think everybody agrees on the biggest thing that needs to be fixed. I don't think everybody would agree it's offensive line. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell you that offensive line was good. <laughs> But I, I, would, I, would, I would guess that if I talk to 10 people and ask them to identify Denver's biggest problem going forward, eight of them are going to respond with something that is not offensive line. <laughs> Shout out for the, for, the, for the sleight of hand here, though. <laughs> we all agree, right? The biggest problem? We all agree the biggest problem? Yeah. Everybody knows exactly what it is. Offensive line. Huh? Oh, one guard is okay. They got to go in free agency in the draft and they have to clean it up. Hmm. That sounds familiar to something we'd hear in Seattle. They got to go into free agency and they've got to buy some people to clean it up. The offensive line's the biggest problem. Sacks are not an offensive line statistic, they are related to quarterback play primarily. Okay. Let's let Colin resume. The other thing we know that's good they have a star running back that got hurt, he returns. Okay. So you got a good defense. You have 
a very clear area you have to clean up. The Chargers cleaned up their O-line in one year. Free agency and draft, you can clean it up. They have a star running back that returns and excellent weapons on the outside. There's a lot of good to this job. So I would say the best things about this job are that you're going to have a lot of autonomy as a head coach. You're going to have the most juice in the building. That wasn't true with Nathaniel Hackett last year. Partly he's a first-year head coach, partly because of what the franchise did to get Russell Wilson and sort of the the way that it was set up for Russ. I think the quarterback had more juice than the head coach did, and that's not unusual. I think Tom Brady's had more juice than the coaches. <laughs> the head coach that hired him, that acquired him when he first went to Tampa and Bruce Arians, certainly the offensive coordinator now and Byron Leftwich getting the boot. I don't think it's an ideal situation. The head coach this time around is going to have the juice. The GM, George Payton, has been, he's still going to be in place, but he doesn't nearly have the sway he did. He's fortunate to still have his job, given the the trade and the contract extension for Russ. And the quarterback... I think everybody's going to look at this like that this next coach's job is to get the most out of the quarterback. And if he doesn't, then he's going to pick the next quarterback, especially if it's Sean Payton. You have a great group of young wide receivers and you have a really good defense. Like, I do think it's an attractive job. I think it's an attractive job despite not having many draft picks and some holes on the offensive line and a serious question and contract commitment at quarterback. Here's one of the things that isn't being talked about. So Sean Payton came to Fox to do television, and he really likes it, and he's really good at it. Have you ever noticed this with Fox? I'll just use Fox as an example. Look at the people at Fox doing the NFL. Michael Strahan, where did he play? Terry Bradshaw, Pittsburgh Steelers. Jimmy Johnson coached the Dallas Cowboys. When Troy Aikman was here, Dallas Cowboys. You don't want to go coach in Carolina and disappear. Right? Denver's a more high-profile job than Carolina. I'm not sure by how much. I'm not sure how much I agree with this overall sentiment. Boomer Esiason's a pretty high-profile NFL talent in terms of his work on CBS's halftime show. Romo, for sure, his legacy going back to Aikman. But I don't know. I don't know if the Broncos and is that is that really is going to coach the Broncos because you're worried about the how the head coaching job is going to enhance your status? What Sean Payton was coaching the New Orleans Saints. They won a Super Bowl and he made the franchise matter, but like that's okay. That this is hooey. the The idea that the the status of the Denver Broncos job is going to be an asset because it helps shine Sean Payton's TV portfolio. No, dude, the guy's got a primetime TV role coming from the Saints. You want to stay prominent, the Denver Broncos. I don't think people out east quite get this. It's a huge brand after the Forty ers after the 49ers, the most popular NFL team, Denver West, is the Broncos. Is that true? I don't think that's true. I mean, I haven't lived in Colorado before. I haven't lived in the Mountain Time Zone before. 
So maybe that is true. I I would guess that the Raiders and the Seahawks are more popular than the Broncos, though. I might be wrong about that. It's definitely not the Chargers. <laughs> it's definitely not the Chargers. And the Rams have a funky fan base. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, yeah, I would think that Denver's, but Denver, the second best, second most popular, I just don't think of them being that iconic. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But Denver being a big deal? Yeah, I'm not buying that. And if you coach the Broncos, you got Patrick Mahomes television games, Sunday night football, CBS primetime, Fox, Thursday night football. You get two games with Mahomes a year and two games with Herbert, and the Raiders still have, despite their lack of success, a very strong brand domestically. I have never once in my life heard an NFL coach talk about the desire for marquee matchups that are highlighted on TV. Not once. Not once in my life have I heard a coach talk about the desire to have, like, I want to have the games. They all assume they're going to be on Sunday night football and Monday night football when their team's good. But honestly, that's almost annoying to them because it throws off the schedule. In my experience, every NFL coach kind of sees themselves as the center of the universe. And I don't begrudge them that because an entire franchise for certainly four months of the year orbits around them. But the idea of like, I could go to Carolina, but you know what? The NFC South was really bad this year and they're just not going to be on TV next year. They're just not going to be on TV. Two games against Mahomes, that's prime time. Two games against Herbert, you know people are going to be watching. And the Raiders, yeah, let me get some prime TV time. That's how a TV executive thinks. That's how people that are concerned with ratings. like NFL coaches don't care about ratings. Actually, no one outside of television and radio cares about ratings. Yet, because the people inside television and radio are obsessed with ratings, they assume other people look at it that way. That's insane. That's insane. I don't know if Denver is the second most high-profile job, sort of Denver West, like Colin said, but I know this is, this is manure. Very strong brand, especially Midwest West. And so brand. <laughs> Have you ever heard an NFL head coach like talking about the brand here? I knew it was a strong brand. No. So Peyton's not going to disappear. He's going to be in big games. They have a clear issue that everybody agrees with. Oh, <laughs> they do have a clear issue that everybody agrees on. I just don't know if it's the one Colin's saying. Big games. They have a clear issue that everybody agrees with. O line. They have an excellent defense. Quarterback. And they have accumulated a first-round pick they'll give back to New Orleans to get Sean. So <laughs> This is hilarious. They accumulated. One of the assets of this job is that they have the first-round pick they're going to need to trade to get Sean's services. That makes it really desirable to Sean. <laughs> Anytime you take over a business, they've got problems. They've got a clear issue. O-line. Now let's <laughs> get to the Russell Wilson piece. And this is substantial is that, and I talked to Sean about this, and some of this I'll convey, some I won't. But the reality with Russell Wilson, most people understand the problem with Russell right now. Ooh, this could get good. What is the problem with Russell? He's too isolated. Hmm. 
Maybe. I would say that's a problem. And kind of the question of relatability. That's a problem. Yeah. I, I think one of the issues that he, that he ran into at different points in Seattle and certainly ran into in Denver is that when the going got tough, there were teammates or people around him that didn't circle him as tightly as they would have if he had sort of a more, I don't want to say collegial, because it's not like Russ is, if, if he was more a part of things, if he was less sort of in his own world, focused on his own performance. And by the way, like, I don't think it's a bad thing the way he's been focused on his performance. I think it's how he's succeeded so much. But that idea of isolation, okay, yeah. I, I, I don't think that's the biggest problem, but that that's an issue. He's got, you know, he's got this chiropractor and this throwing coach and his own office. And though it doesn't bother me, there is a sense, and it's well-reported and well-documented now, that Russell's a little isolated from a lot of the young players, young receivers on the team. Now, I don't think age is an issue here. Like, I don't think it's because he's older. Because I think this was happening when Russ was in his second and third year in the league, too. I, I don't I don't think this is a function of him being an older player. I think it's a function of him sort of leaning fully into that quarterback role as sort of the you're the person that the offense revolves around. You're the person that the team revolves around in a certain I don't think this is age related. I don't think this is because he doesn't he doesn't get along with 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 dudes because they're younger and he's a boomer. Like I don't I don't I don't think that's what's happening. And they're going to get younger because they're going to have to pay some of these defensive guys in Denver, right? They're good. They're going to have to pay them. So the defense over the next four years is going to be expensive and older. They're going to fix the offense by drafting it. So this is going to be a very young offense. And Russell's aging as a player. And he's getting a little cringy. And Aging as a player. That, that I think right there, and it's not to do with the relatability. The aging as a player. That's the that's the biggest question I have is does Ru- if Russ isn't doesn't have the escapability that he had can he still be as effective because I think the the escapability has I think I think that's gone I don't I don't think that's there anymore and for all the people that talk about he needs to lose weight or what like he's been in the league 10 years we don't think of him as a running quarterback or primarily a running quarterback because he wasn't someone who racked up huge. He wasn't like Lamar Jackson where he was part of the rushing game, like really not since his second year. But he's running an awful lot and he's taking an awful lot of hits because of the amount he runs behind the line of scrimmage. And like, I, I'm start. Is he aging more like Cam Newton than he is? like Drew Brees or like a pocket passer? And I I think the answer to that is yes. I think he'll be healthier next year. I'm not sure if he's, if he's ever going to be escapable enough to be able to thrive in the way he did before. I think he's going to have to play differently, and I'm not sure that he can't. Like, to me, what this season comes out as, Russ got the offense he wanted. Russ had it, had it focused on him, flowing through him, and he wasn't able to shoulder that. And it's sort of be careful what you wish for. You got it. And 
the fact that he was injured didn't help. He had a shoulder injury. He had a hamstring injury. Like, both legit. Like, I, I think you could see how they affected him. But he's not going to be healthier going forward. Like, it's not like, oh, well, he's once he's fully recovered, he'll be back to that. I don't think that's coming back. I think he's a different player now. So to me, that aging process, but it has nothing to do with the relatability. And just to go back to that one more, like Doug Baldwin and Richard Sherman were not guys that were significantly younger than him. Like the tension that existed between Russ and different pockets of that locker room were not tied to an age gap or he's too too old. Like it was... It was a feeling that some of the players felt that they weren't included sort of in Rush in Russ's sort of vision of things, that Russ didn't regard them as peers. And I, there's a little bit of that that's sort of immature, right? Like, I want him to, to be more, like, I want him to be more one of us. When Russ is a great player, and Seattle got, and he provided so much to them. But that wasn't a function of age lack self-awareness and they've got to get him out of this isolation tunnel with him and Ciara they got to be part of the group Tom Brady for years and years did this he from music to technology Tom stayed young in the building and connectable and relatable so they believe in Denver Sean can fix it Sean I know can fix it and Russell Wilson has contacted Sean legally by the way uh you know through channels he wants Sean Payton he needs fixing. He knows he needs fixing. So when I look at this situation, it's fairly clear. Great defense, right? Richest owners in the league, both impressed with each other, solve the offensive line, free agency in the draft, and can Sean fix Russ? I believe the answer is yes. And I'll be interested to see what happens, and I think Sean Payton's an extremely smart coach. I also think that Sean Payton comes from a coaching tree in having worked under Bill Parcells that that is going to be very different. Like it is a very different way that he approaches the job compared to Pete Carroll. I mean, everybody approach like Pete Pete has a unique approach. But this past year Nathaniel Hackett didn't have the juice or frankly the resume to be able to say like, hey, the plan's fine. It's just not getting executed. It stayed very vague, didn't it? We're trying our best. We're doing that. But there, there really wasn't. Nathaniel Hackett did not have issues where he kind of came out and made it clear that like the scheme isn't the problem here. I think Sean Payton, if you had a similar performance by Russell under Payton, would and I think there would be a feeling of like okay let's see if this works not because he's malicious or not because he doesn't care but it's more of a transactional relationship this is the job and either he's able to do the job or he's not but there's not going to be like we're going to make this job like our job is to make the job doable for Russell I, I don't I don't think that's how Sean Payton will approach it. Frankly, I don't think there's another coach that's going to approach it because the situation is now different. There was nothing Russ could do this year that
that would change the fact that he is going to be the starting franchise quarterback for Denver next year. Like there's there's n- nothing short of uh, a catastrophic injury. Going forward, this next coach is not going to be tied to Russ's fortunes nearly as much. If Sean Payton takes this job and Russ continues to stink as a quarterback, Sean Payton's probably going to get to pick the next quarterback. It's going to be a very different situation for Russ. Nathaniel Hackett, a first-year head coach, didn't have the experience. Like His job was to make it work with Russ, and if he didn't, they're going to bring someone else here to try to make it work with Russ. If Sean Payton comes here, that's not going to be it. Russ is going to get the opportunity to show he can still do it, and they're going to do everything they can to put him in position to succeed. And if he doesn't succeed, they're going to go find somebody else. So I'll be fat. If, if Sean... If Sean picks this job, it's a really good sign for both the Broncos and Russell Wilson. But there's also going to be sort of like, okay, it's go time. Like, it's, it's going to have to work in this, under this situation. You, they're not going to bring in another coach to see if he can get more out of you than Sean Payton. It'd be fascinating if he ends up taking the job. And the, and the thing that's not talked about is that Denver's very attractive because Sean is good at TV. He likes it. So if he coaches for six to seven years and decides to pivot back to football, you're not in Carolina. You disappear. Look who the networks put on every week. Pack, they want the Steelers to be good, the Cowboys, the Packers, the Niners. This, this, this network is dying for the Bears to be relevant. You, you, you know how happy people are at Fox now? We got the Niners, the Cowboys, the Eagles, and the Giants. Do you know how happy we are at Fox? We had huge concerns this year. And I talked about them on the air. You start ending up with small market teams and teams like your Carolinas that disappear. Who's calling the Super Bowl this year? It's Fox's game. Who's calling the Super Bowl this year? It's Greg Olson. Where'd Greg Olson play? (laughs) Well, Seattle for just a little bit, but we don't talk about that. (laughs) Huh. Interesting. Interesting. A tight end who played his, most of his career in Carolina is is going to be doing the color analysis for the Super Bowl on the on the network this guy works at. So, yeah, I don't buy any of that. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds like something a TV person would say. Hey, it's Danny O'Neill. Please check out my Substack, the Dang Apostrophe, and the YouTube channel. I'll keep putting videos up here. Then more Sean Lane. Shut up, Danny.